You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that. So on that first Christian Pentecost, things got a little crazy and some unexpected stuff happening. We were told that a marvelous sound was heard and people were perplexed by it and wondered. We're going to start our sermon this morning the same way. Ian? Whatever you think of the new superhero movies, they have introduced a whole new generation to some great music from the 70s. Like this one. <laughs> you know this one? When you hold me in your arms so tight, do let me know. If you know, you gotta sing it with me. That's great. <laughs> Hooked on a feeling. That is, in some ways, a great summary of American religious history. Um, long before I became a Christian, long before I decided to be a pastor and went off to seminary and had to take mandatory classes in Christian history in America, I learned about the Great Awakenings uh, through my high school literature class. These were two waves of revival that swept across the, uh, the infant United States as we moved from the late 1700s into the 1800s. And um, the first one was really interesting. It was driven by what we call exegetical preaching, where a pastor was getting line by line into the scriptures and teaching what the Bible had to say about this or that or the other thing, and especially about salvation in Jesus Christ and what that means for our lives. And the Spirit used that preaching of the Word powerfully to bring people to faith. And this wave swept across the colonies as Christians were renewed in their faith or came to faith for the first time and learned what being a Christian actually meant for their lives and trying to apply that. Well, as that that sort of wave of the Spirit, uh, you know, settled down into the normal everyday rhythm of living, the next generation felt like, we missed all that enthusiasm. Our parents had it so good. And so they, they're like, we're, we need a revival in our day and age. And so they started crafting religious experiences for people that were meant to generate certain feelings. And those feelings were supposed to be what the Spirit was doing. The problem is that it was rooted in human efforts rather than the actual choosing of the Spirit 
Though they tried earnestly, a really famous, probably the most famous evangelist of the Second Great Awakening is a guy named Charles Finney. He actually had, a, had an instruction list saying, you know, if you do these things, you will get a revival. Really? Like, like the Holy Spirit's a genie and I can rub the lamp if I do a certain thing and he's going to do what I, he's obligated at that point? There's a Christian uh, satire magazine called The Babylon Bee. It's also a YouTube channel. And uh, recently they, they ran a story about a church where the fog machine broke so the Holy Spirit couldn't work. <laughs> we are focused on our feelings and our experiences. And that is what gets in the way sometimes of us having a genuine relationship with God. See, God, God gives His Holy Spirit and there's a lot of Sturmendrang on this first day, right? There's a lot. There's, there's tongues of fire and a mighty wind rushing and people speaking in foreign languages and we're like, I want to be present for that fireworks. But the point is not the fireworks. The point is that the Spirit draws these people through the preaching of the Word in Peter's mouth into a genuine relationship of grace and love with the Lord Jesus Christ. Once you're in that relationship, it's like any other relationship. You have your ups and your downs. We're, we're told that we're being prepared for the wedding feast of the Lamb. Any of you married? Is every day with your spouse like your wedding day? No. <laughs> Life comes at you. And what's important is the faithfulness with which the relationship continues because that's how it deepens. It's not always fireworks. But it's always genuine. Now, to look at how God prepared the ground for this, we're going to go back to our Old Testament reading like I was talking with the kids about. This story we call the Tower of Babel. Tower is actually a little bit of a strange way to translate it. The King James did it that way. But really, the word there, what they were building was a ziggurat. A temple, a, a, a stepped pyramid, temple of worship. The people were working together with their one common language so that they could do what people have been trying to do since the Garden of Eden, which is be like God. They thought if they make that tower tall enough, they make a name for themselves, they could take the place of God. And God thinks this is a bad idea. God knows it's a bad idea. I was listening to a lecture by a historian recently and he said this. I want you to l listen carefully because this, this was, I thought, profound. He said, if you scratch a utopian, a totalitarian will bleed. If you scratch a utopian, a totalitarian will bleed. Utopians want to make a perfect world under our own efforts. But in order to do that, they have to crush and destroy anyone who doesn't agree with them on what the perfect world will look like. This is what's driving cancel culture at the moment, folks. They have to force everyone into their way of thinking and seeing. So there's never been a dream of utopia. And the word utopia literally means no place. 
There's never been a dream of utopia that hasn't resulted in massive violence, suffering, and bloodshed. So this first dream of utopia by the people gathered on the plain of Shinar, God, God interferes with their plan and makes it so they can't coordinate their efforts anymore to build this giant temple whereby they will place themselves at the pinnacle and make themselves the object of worship. But when we get to the day of the first Christian Pentecost, because remember, Jews have been celebrating Pentecost for a long time, this Pentecost that we read about in the book of Acts, what we see is God suddenly reversing His course, changing this because... The language that before could only be a tool whereby we would do violence to one another. Now, now that same language still can be abused, still can be misused. We call that agitprop or propaganda or whatever. But now it can be used to communicate the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. The one message whereby we can be saved and obedience to which can start to shape our lives, what we call sanctification, can start to shape our lives in a way that makes us a blessing to one another rather than a threat. God wants more than to give us a feeling when we come to church. He wants to revive us. Think about the word revival. It has a certain connotation. I know growing up outside the church, I thought of tent meetings and snake oil salesmen. But think about the, just shorten it to revive. If you hear the word revive in your day-to-day -day life, it's probably in a medical drama on television, right? And you picture people gathered around a table in white coats and one guy says, clear! Because they're trying to bring someone back to life. God became a human being in Jesus Christ not to make bad men good or good men better. He became a person in Jesus Christ to make dead men live. This is what revival is. True revival is having that living relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we're told by Jesus today in our gospel reading that if we love Him, if we're drawn into that love relationship by the power of the Spirit through His sovereign grace, now God gives us the double blessing of being part of our own sanctification. If we love Him, we will keep His word. And in keeping His word we will begin to know a peace that the world cannot give. I don't think anyone's taught me this more at a personal level in my life than the lady we commended to God this past week, um, Candy. Candy used to sit kind of right behind where you guys are uh, when she came to church here. We stayed in touch. She's the one who keeps the, kept the service going down at the retirement village where a lot of people uh, watch us through our stream. And um, I've known Candy for a little bit better than a decade. And she's a, I don't want to get, I'm not going to rehash my sermon I gave on Thursday at her funeral, but I do want to let you know, if you don't know much about her, um, you know, she entered into a marriage with a, a gentleman who had congenital 
uh, health issues. They really entered into marriage with two strikes against them and were faithful through that whole life. When Tom passed away back in, I think it was 2015, Candy's health didn't last too much after that. She developed brittle diabetes. She was in and out of the hospital all the time. Um, a couple years back, she went into the hospital for what we thought was the flu on the, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and she thought she'd be home by Thanksgiving Day to celebrate with her family. She got out of the hospital eight months later, minus a leg. Um, and just kind of one thing after another for this last maybe five years of her life, seven years of her life, just one thing after another didn't go the way she thought it would. And as her pastor all through it, we would, we would talk and pray and she would, she would struggle. She would honestly struggle. God, why aren't you giving me this thing? I thought this was your will. I really want this. And then over time, she would come around to saying, oh no, he knew what he was doing. I'm right where I need to be. And... Um, she, she did, she just had a peace that was nothing like I'd ever seen in my life. No matter what went wrong in her life, she had a peace that passed understanding because it was not the kind of peace that worldly goods or relationships or security could give. She was always in a dialogue with her Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. She was always in the Word and that made such an impact on her life that she became this insane blessing to everyone around her. Um, last conversation I had with her. She, we were talking Wednesday night. She was in the hospital again. Um, and she, died, she went home that night and she died somewhere between Wednesday night and Thursday morning. As we were talking, she was sharing with me that her latest conversation with God Two weeks ago, I preached a sermon about how someone had been kind of nasty to me and how I, I didn't instantly move in the direction of praying for my persecutor, which is what I should do as a Christian. And she called me to say that, you know, I've been thinking about that and I was thinking back to this one situation where someone did that to me and I wasn't good to them and they were a church member and, and I've been talking to God about that and asking forgiveness and asking to do better. I don't know, seven, eight... 10 hours before she died. She was in God's word. She was talking to her heavenly father. And it reminded me of something my wife said about my late mother-in-law where she, she said, uh, you know, she died in the middle of her Bible study. <laughs> what better way to go? Seeking to learn that to keep Christ's word that we might know Christ's peace. That is what the Spirit is given for. And that is real life. That is what God wants to give us through revival. And it won't always be explosions and tongues of fire and, and thousands of people packing out the churches. I wish that was working that way, but you know. It will be real, a real, genuine relationship with God through Jesus Christ growing in our lives as we grow in holiness, learning to live as what He has claimed us to be through His own suffering, death, and resurrection. Children of God, beloved of our Heavenly Father. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, 
we thank you that you wish to give us more than a religious experience, more than a feeling. You want to give us true life and that you have given your spirit to draw us unto it. Lord, through the preaching of your word, through the celebration of your sacraments, through the mutual conversation we have as fellow children of God, encouraging one another through studying your scriptures and praying together, you build us up in faith, for those are all ministries of the Spirit. Bless us, Lord, to be always where your Spirit can minister to us, to always be seeking your face, that we might know the peace of Christ in our hearts. Whatever is going on in our lives around us, Knowing that peace, we may be blessed and be a blessing to others. We ask this in the precious name of our Savior Jesus, for He lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that Thou art. Be Thou my best art in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my life.